0: What is going on guys, this is Brendan and coming to you with the KBR Sports Podcast. You already know the best sports podcast of your 24-hour day. Glad I can be back on here for the podcast with you guys. Have been trying to find a good amount of time to be able to jump on here and talk about so much of the NBA action that's been going on. But it's just always so tough sometimes because it's like me personally, guys, If I've, I don't know if I've told you guys on here. I'm obviously trying to get myself in order in regards to my sleep, trying to get my sleep better. But then when you're watching these games, in each game, East Coast, West Coast, so that way I'm always trying to make sure I'm giving you guys the most accurate summary of what I'm watching. So watching both Coast games can be tough sometimes just because of the fact that when you, you're up so late to watch the games and you are you essentially finish everything you're doing is revolved around those games. So while you're watching the games, then it's like you have to find time to record after the games and everything. So it is kind of tough at times, but... You make it work how you make it work. So I'm happy I'm able to do this podcast with you guys. But guys, make sure for, for first or starters, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the KBR Sports Podcast or follow the KBR Sports Podcast. You can go catch it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube. YouTube, you can find the KBR Sports YouTube videos. So go check YouTube out. Go make sure you subscribe on there so you don't miss any of the KBR Sports YouTube videos coming out. Go check out on SoundCloud, Spreaker, even Spotify is going to be, KBR Sports is going to be coming to Spotify, so make sure you guys go ahead and check it out on there as well. But guys, yeah, appreciative of you guys tuning into today's podcast. Obviously, we've got a lot of NBA action to talk about, and funny enough, a lot of the news that I'm going to be getting into in regards to the NBA, some of it is inspired by some conversations that I've had with some people over the past week because just talking to folks and Kind of figuring out the pulse of what's going on around the league and then f- talking to my own individual friends to kind of get their ideas of different sentiments that have been emanated from those conversations is interesting because you see comments like, or stories come out about that, that, that hack story that came out about the Philadelphia 76ers where El- Elton Brand was, well not specifically that story, but it was reported that Elton Brand was looking into trading Ben Simmons because of the fact that There was a report, a story that came out that apparently, I guess that was the same story, that Ben Simmons was very uncoachable and that in means of player development, he was very difficult to work with. Ben Simmons wasn't willing to listen to coaching advice. He wasn't willing to take that advice. And so it was a difficult situation in order to groom him as a player because of the fact that he doesn't listen. And so everybody obviously says that Ben Simmons could be this, Ben Simmons could be that if he gets a jump shot and right now it seems as though people are trying to make the perception that he just doesn't want to work on it and he doesn't want to get better at it so there was a report out that Elton Brand was looking to trade him that he was exploring options to trade Ben Simmons and see what he could get for Ben Simmons on the market now in my estimation I feel like the media has been trying to push the narrative of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons just don't work well together and for whatever else reason, I've never gotten that sentiment myself. I've never personally felt that way, that they don't work well together. I Obviously, you see at times that they both occupy the same space on the court and it can be a little clustered. But my belief is that when it comes to building an NBA team, you build your team around the basis of talent. And the team with the most talent i.e. the Golden State Warriors will normally win. Now, I obviously, I'm not saying the Philadelphia 76ers or the Golden State Warriors, but the Warriors fit really well. So that's why their talent was able to click just like that. But when you have a team that has the most talent, even when the Cleveland Cavaliers were the team that was dominating the Eastern Conference or the Miami Heat or whatever else the case may be, you could, you could definitely make the case that those are all the teams that were the most talented in the NBA, despite the fact that they weren't not the best fit in terms of putting all the players together like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James weren't the pe- best mix together but they had such high basketball IQs they made it work so now when I'm looking at the Seventy ers situation I feel like people are so quick to jump on the boat of let's trade Ben Simmons let's get rid of Ben Simmons because obviously he can't shoot and we have Joel Embiid who's arguably the best Player in the league in some respects, or that he is the best big man in the league in a lot of people's eyes. And if he keeps developing, he could be the best big player in the league. If he stays healthy, he could be the new face of the league. A lot of people are saying those kind of things, especially if he wins a championship. Now, when it comes to judging Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's partnership, one thing that I always believe is that look, if you're I, I this is one of the one of the things when I was talking about, I talked to my friend. My friend asked me this question. He said, If this is Ben Simmons's ceiling, would you trade Ben Simmons? And I told him, unless I'm getting a star player, superstar player of some sort back, hell no, I'm not trading him. For what reason? Well, what am I? Ben Simmons, for even what he gave you in the last playoff game that Philly played, I mean, just really look at what he put up for them. He put up 31 points. This is without Joel Embiid. 31 points, 9 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks, 4 rebounds, and shot 84.6% from the field. And was 9 of, 9 of 11 from the free throw line. Now some people are going to say. Well yeah he's taking his shots from what? Right at the hoop. Okay. It doesn't matter how he get, gets me the 31. If he gets me the 31. If he if he's able to put up those numbers. Then I don't care where he's getting them from. Because of the fact that. I I just need the production. Like Ben Simmons. In terms of his overall total production. If he puts up. Like, in this game, if he puts up the 31 points and then 9 assists, if we're just saying... If we're just even easily just saying that all those 9 is 2, so we're doing 9 times 2, but if you want to throw in some 3s in there and add a a couple points on there, we say he accounted for 22 of the points that they scored. That's... So that's 53 points in total that he accounted for. And so, I... In terms of Ben Simmons' overall production, I don't know how so people. some people are so quick just to say, yeah, I'd get rid of him and see how this... No, because every duo that I've seen that you just went and had and broke up afterward, unless you're talking about a Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook situation or something like that, every one of those duos that broke up, you could make the case that they could have went on to win a championship and there was some media-created divide that made them break up earlier than they needed to. Because obviously Kevin Durant left upgraded by going to Golden State. that There was no question about that one. But it's hard for me to believe that Golden, Oklahoma City would have never won a championship. Because Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were just that good. They would have won one eventually by some means. It's so tough for me to believe they never would have got one. And so all the duos that broke up like Kobe and Shaq, Penny and Shaq. All those duos that you have, that you had together, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter. you just, you keep talent in a way so that talent can try and win you games. That's what you do. That, at least in my opinion, I'm not trading Ben Simmons unless I'm, for one, getting a superstar back, unless I'm getting a star player back and some draft picks, I'm not trading him. Like, if the Celtics wanted Ben Simmons and they said, we will trade you Jason Tatum and some and the picks, the Miami Picks. And other picks we have in the draft, like the Kings and the Grizzlies. Okay. All right. I'll see what's up. I'll think about it. But then what happens if Ben Simmons goes, because people always say he's a jump shot away. So what happens if he goes and develops the jump shot? Like right now, what he is, is a really good player. Better than most point guards in the league. He's in his second season. He's already an all-star. He was rookie of the year. Second season is already an all-star. I I think people forget the accomplishments this guy has had so early in his career. He's only 22 years old as we speak. Yet people are so ready to move off of him. Like he led the 76ers to a win yesterday, a double-digit win over the Brooklyn Nets, who people put on notice that they are a well-coached team and on any given night could be a team that beats the 76ers. And so I just don't understand this notion that you get rid of Ben Simmons when he's just such a young player and he has so much room for growth there that's one thing I just don't understand and I don't I for me for the life of me I won't I will not understand it because I understand if you're getting a king's ransom back but in terms of just giving up Ben Simmons for the sake of giving him up because he hasn't developed the jumper you need that no I, I can't quantifiably agree with that. LeBron didn't get a consistent jumper years into the league. Yeah, he would shoot the shot. Because I get the I get the difference that some people are gonna say, oh, but LeBron would at least shoot the shot. LeBron would attempt the shot. Yeah, just because you're attempting the shot, I give you credit for attempting the shot. It's not like Ben Simmons is not attempting the shot. He's he just knows that he has a high enough basketball IQ to know this possession. I'm not maximizing on this possession because I'm shooting a shot that is not my most efficient shot. That's just basketball IQ. That's not him. If he knows I'm not a three point shooter, why are you gonna jack up threes? That is the exact reason I get on here and I I say Russell Westbrook, why are you what are you doing? Because Russell Westbrook is obviously not a three point shooter and he is not efficient at shooting threes. It'd be different if he was league average at doing it. But he is literally below league average and one of the worst three point shooters, but continues to shoot them. Now me, I would Get on Ben Simmons if he keeps attempting Russell Westbrook type threes or he's attempting three-point shots because that's not your game. Ben Simmons is the best at his abilities when he's coming downhill, coming at the defense, because he's most of the times bigger than the people that are trying to guard him. And then if the paint collapses, guess what, Joel Embiid, you got to dump off dunk. Guess what? I'm kicking it out to JJ. I'm kicking it out to Tobias. I'm kicking it out to Jimmy Butler. He's a good enough playmaker where he's able to create plays for other people. See, and this is why I just don't understand the notion of getting rid of a guy like that. Now, his averages on the season, 16.9. I'm going to say 17.7 and 7, essentially, or 8. 17.9 and 8 are his averages on the season. And if you're telling me that. And he he improved in terms of shooting wise, and in terms of field goal percentage wise, he's improved. Now, if you're telling me that that's why I'm going to get a steady diet of for the rest of his career, it's all it's all star level production. Like what he's able to do is an all star level of production, and especially what he does on the defensive end too. Like that can't go amiss. And so many people for, just forget what it's what it how pivotal it is to have a player that. When the game slows down, you can just throw. You can go to, like Ben Simmons can play on the court without Joel Embiid there because Ben Simmons can post up even when the game slows down and create a shot for you in that manner because he's most of the time bigger than most of the point guards he's posting up. Like people at like. It's because the jump shot revolution has taken over the league by storm. People just make it seem like this guy just can't play with this other guy. What about Magic and Kareem? Magic did not come into the NBA with a jumper, not in the least bit. And I wouldn't call Kareem the exact floor spacer you would need either, like Joel B does from three. But they made it work because it was a perfect one-two game. And that's exactly how Ben Simmons orchestrates the 76ers offense, alongside with Tobias Harris, J.J. Redick, and Jimmy Butler. So I'm just never going to jump on the notion that the 76ers need to trade Ben Simmons just because of the fact he can't shoot. Like I just I, I will never get behind that. I think too many times teams quit too early on these duos or whatever the case is. They break up because of media pressure and they just make moves because the media is kind of pushing it in that way. And then one of the two players goes and flourishes. Like if Oklahoma City would have kept all of the Thunder players together, I mean, what would have happened? What would we be talking about? They would have kept all of them together. Each of those guys has gone on one an MVP. It's one of the biggest what-ifs in NBA history. What if Kobe and Shaq would have stayed together longer? What if Penny and Shaq would have stayed together? All the what-ifs in the world that you can ask. What about if we just say, these guys stick together and see what they can do? How about that, right? All right, guys, I'm going to go into talking about my next topic. But first, I want to let you guys know about Fanatics. Guys, make sure you guys go ahead and check out Fanatics.com. Fanatics is one of the best sports apparel and brand users out there. You can get anything that you want from apparel, some memorabilia, and the whole nine from going to Fanatics. So, guys, make sure you go to Fanatics.com and get some of their gear. You can get all kinds of NBA, NFL, MLB, MLB, MLS, and so on. It, the list keeps on going on. So, guys, make sure you go ahead and check out Fanatics.com where you can get the best in sports apparel and branding. All right, guys. So I wanted to jump back in here and want to talk about the Golden State Warriors because I I just don't understand what the big hubbub was about the whole Patrick Beverly thing and him and Kevin Durant. Because, guys, look, Kevin Durant's interview that he had the other day was just so It was so funny because he kind of gave you a glimpse into his thought process and a lot of players' thought process thought processes, I guess I would say, into how they feel as though when they have a a defender. Because a lot of defenders are not star players, like top-tier, nagging, pestering defenders like a Patrick Beverly are not top-tier guys. And a lot of players, when they have those kind of guys on them or those guys are trying to create something on them or trying to egg a guy on into going one on one with them and isolating themselves from the rest of the game. A lot of those guys just kind of view it as, dude, come on. Like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, come on. I'm Kevin, like, like Kevin Durant said, I'm, I'm Kevin Durant. Like, what, what are we talking about here? And so when you hear him say something like that, you do realize, like, hey, man, it's it's facts like he's. <laughs> he's what he's saying is true because he he's coming from a vantage point of I don't need to waste my time with something like this like with a guy like a past like Patrick Beverly and I don't need to sink down to his level in terms of him guarding me because for one he can't guard me and two it's just like I don't need to enter I don't need to pay any mind to him just trying to like, that's his goal his how he makes his money in the NBA is to get under my nerves to get bother people And to make their job difficult, to get in their heads. And he essentially said, I'm not falling for that. I'm not baiting into it. And so, so many people were, like, crushing them for blowing a 31-point lead. Look, I, the 31-point lead is concerning. That is concerning. As a championship team, at some point, you have to just be able to stop the bleeding. And the fact that you couldn't stop the bleeding and you blew a 31-point lead, now that is concerning as a championship team. Now, in that same game, it is a... It's a big blow the fact that they lost to Marcus Cousins in that game. It was a huge blow. He tore his quad in that game. He's out for the rest of the season. And it hurts them because that's an aspect of the game that they lost now. Moving forward, if you play a team like the Rockets, if you play a Oklahoma City, if you play a Portland or if you play a Denver or whoever whoever else, you lose that big in the inside who sometimes can just slow the game down and get you a, a dirty, ugly bucket that you need. And so now that that dimension of the game is lost for them, they have to figure out ways to create in other avenues. And so for them, it's it's more so you're going back to what you did last year. But the problem is when it came to the Marcus Cousins, the investment in him, they invested in him as if he was a role player. But he was a part of their depth. Like Marcus Cousins added a utility that they now they don't have in terms of his passing His ability to post up, obviously, his ability to shoot threes and space the court. He gave them a different look that now they just don't have. And a lot of teams can play on that in a lot of ways because a lot of their guys, like a Jordan Bell and others, you just don't even have to guard. People don't pay any mind to those guys. Those guys, a lot of times they catch the ball and people are just roaming around in the paint. Granted, Golden State spaces out so well that it's like that doesn't really matter unless they really just try to go ahead and drive down the court. But they now they lose that aspect of, OK, we have such a great passing big man, a great IQ of a big man that he knows where to find us in certain cuts, different avenues and stuff like that. And he can also create shots for us. So they lose that aspect now. And Kevin Durant, the way he kind of equated it in terms of talking about the loss of DeMarcus Cousins, he said that if you have you ever just been punched in the stomach and knocked the air, had the air knocked out of you. And that's essentially how it felt. And it's, it's understandable because. You ride with a guy all season. You put so much faith in your team. You see a guy working so hard to get back, and you build this camaraderie with this guy as he's been on your team, and then he just ends up getting hurt. So that definitely is a big blow, but you do see how they came out and responded because blowing a 31-point lead, I don't care who tells you, that is concerning as a team defensively. The whole night, you just stopped playing defense at that point. And as a championship team, you're just like, guys, what are you doing? Yeah, like you have to be able to lock in at some point and be like, we're going to stop this run. The minute it gets down to like 20 points, 10 points, you lock in and you stop the run. They just never did that. And the Clippers just kept on playing and they ended up winning that game. But then you see how they respond last night. And you see how Golden State can turn that switch on and just make it look like we're just in a completely different league than everybody else. And this is what I I keep hearing people say they're choosing this team and that team over Golden State. And I understand it because they show them vulnerabilities. But I feel like when Golden State plays at their peak, nobody beats them at their peak. And I don't know if it's just a game of we have to catch them at at when they're not at their peak or it's a game of playing them in a manner that knocks them off of their peak. So. I, I, I mean, you see Kevin Durant, he goes for 38 points yesterday. The guy was sensational. He shot 61% from the field, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, had 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal on a block. Like he was sensational. He was a plus 32 while he was on the court yesterday. Like He was that good. Then you get a chip in of Steph Curry with 21 points, with Steph hitting 4 of 6, 3, 7 11 from the field. He shot 63.6%. And it's just ridiculous, man. Like, there's just so many avenues that this team kills you with. So many. Andre Gudala kicks in 15. Draymond Green kicks in 12. And then you get... Or sorry, Clay Thompson kicks in 12. And then Draymond Green and Andrew Bogut both chip in 8 points. And it's just so impressive because you look at these guys and you just realize there's so many ways they can kill you. And I know if you hear how a lot of people say the Patriots kill you, like they're death by a thousand cuts. The Warriors give you death by a thousand cuts, but it's more like death by a thousand gashes. Because the way they can hit the three ball, it just, after a certain amount of time, you just look at the lead and you're like, when? Did we, what? We were just down five. When the heck did this turn into a 15-point lead? When did that happen? And it's that's just how fast the Warriors can punch you in the mouth. Now, you look at other teams like a, the Houston Rockets or whoever else. The Rockets can hit you in a similar manner. you are just not as good at it as the Warriors. Now, the Rockets, they shoot up more threes and everything like that as well. But the Warriors just have so many shooters at every single position that it's just ridiculous. The Rockets, a lot of it stems from one guy in the course of James Harden or Chris Paul. But the Warriors, it could, the onslaught can come from anybody. At any second, I'm not expecting PJ Tucker to go on bottom like five threes and hit 30 points in a quarter. But Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, all of them could do it. And so you just never know where the onslaught is going to come from. If you're asking me, I just can't under I I can't pick somebody over them. I just don't see I don't see it. Me personally, I don't see the rationale of picking another team over them. Maybe you guys have a means of. Cause I know teams that there are teams out there that can defend this team. It's not like this team is indefensible. These teams can't this team can be played defense on. But in terms of a seven-game series of keeping up with their ability, their talent, they're nah man. I just don't see it. I don't see it. But guys, so before I wrap up the podcast, I do want to get into what I believe is going to be going down for the rest of the games that we have upcoming. So in the Portland Trailblazers and Thunder series, because we have that game that's going to be coming on. And that game, honestly, I, I told you guys about Damian Lillard. If you guys haven't seen it already, go to my YouTube channel and check out my YouTube video about Damian Lillard and why I made the case he's a top 10 player. And he's showing it to you so far in this playoff series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's showing that he's a bigger star at the moment than a Russell Westbrook in, in a regard who a lot of people say they take over Damian Lillard. But honestly, right now... Damian Lillard is looking like the main guy in a lot of respects, and Russ is pretty much lacking because Damian Lillard, I mean, he's average, averaging 29.5 points per game in the series, along with five assists and four rebounds. He's doing his job. He's showing out in the series. You have a guy like Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's averaging 19 points. 19 points in the series on 35% shooting. That's just bad. That is bad. And so when you look at Dame, Dame is shooting 47.4% from three-point range. I never understood why when people were talking about this series, they made it seem like Portland was this underdog. Portland's the three seed. They're the favorites in this series. And them being able to defend their home court. Now, I know they say a series doesn't start until one team wins on the road. But just watching these games, you just see Oklahoma City doesn't have the shooting. They just don't there is no shooting from on that team besides Paul George and it is bad it is very very bad when you are playing a team like Portland who can just start bottoming threes like it's nothing the thunder shot 18% in game 2 18% that is so bad so bad and i i just don't see it, a reality where I'm supposed to pick this team to beat the Portland Trail Blazers when the Trail Blazers have home court advantage and the Thunder just can't shoot. They can't shoot unless they amp up that defense that they had early in the season and start playing that level of defense on teams. I just don't see a reality where I'm I should be picking the Oklahoma City Thunder to beat the Trail Portland Trail Blazers. I don't see it. I know it's a it's going to be a huge knock on Russell Westbrook's career since Kevin Durant left, but I'm in here for making the right picks, and I just don't see them beating the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I think they might get Game 3 in Oklahoma City just because of the fact that they're going to be playing off of Will and a more so resolve of, if we, you know, when you go down 3-0, it's essentially over. And so I think they're going to be playing with that resolve to not lose Game 3, so I think Oklahoma City will win that game. Then when we're looking at the Celtics and Pacers series, I, at first, I felt like the Pacers could make it an interesting series. And it has been interesting in a lot of respects. A lot of the games have been close until the last second. But honestly, I don't think that the Pacers just have enough firepower to keep up with the Celtics. Because So many times the game is close, And when they would need that Victor Oladipo-like player, he's not there to kind of bridge the gap of production so that they can carry on to get the win. Instead, they end up going on a drought and the Celtics will end up just give them the ball to Kyrie or Jason Tatum, and they just go on a scoring run and win the game. So I'm going to definitely pick the Celtics to win game three. I believe they'll definitely take that game. And I think Boston, the Pacers will probably win one game, probably game four, just of the resolve of we don't want to get swept. So I think they might win game four, but I'll take Boston to win game three. And then I have the Raptors winning game three in their series. I think game one, Kyle Lowry. I was talking to my, I was talking to my friends about this too. The odds of Kyle Lowry scoring no points in a game, it's just you, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening again. Like, that's just such a rare thing to fathom, the fact that he scored no points. And there were so many things that happened in that game that I just don't think are going to be reproduced again. Like, the Raptors shot 33% from three, but the Orlando Magic shot 48.3% from three in the game one. What are the odds of that happening again? And Kyle Lowry still scoring nothing. And the fact that they still only won by three points. And that they shot 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Come on, man. There's At some point, you have to analyze the game and just be willing to admit that the stuff that, th- that was happening in the game isn't stuff that normally happens. I know a lot of people are like, oh, same old Toronto. But some sometimes lesser teams have really good games. And if you're not on your A game or even your regular game at that point, that team can beat you. And so I think that was just a case of that in this game. Honestly, I think that's all it was. But, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the KBR Sports Podcast. appreciate you all for tuning in to the podcast. We're always making sure you're tuning in to every new episode. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the KBR Sports Podcast on YouTube so you don't miss any of the KBR Sports YouTube videos on there. There will be a video dropping this weekend, so make sure you guys check that out, and make sure you guys follow on Twitter at KB underscore Swartz The Twitter, and uh, my own Twitter are going to be linked down in the description along with my website, so make sure you go subscribe on there, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Google Play, whichever one, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, the whole nine, guys. And make sure you leave a comment, leave a like. Let me know your thoughts and opinions on everything that I talked about in this podcast. I mean, I want to make sure I'm getting your feedback. Do you think Ben Simmons should be traded? Do you think that the Golden State Warriors do have some wrinkles that could lead to them falling in the second round to the Houston Rockets or even later to another team? Maybe if it is Portland or somebody. Let me know your thoughts and opinions in the comment section below, guys. But I appreciate all you guys for tuning in. And of course, until next time, guys, I'm out.